0: Sun Devil fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, talking to you a little bit more about ASU's next upcoming game, specifically Oregon at Arizona State. We'll be previewing that and more, uh, looking at some of the betting odds as well, finishing up today's podcast with Chad Reuter's latest mock draft and looking at the Sun Devils taken in that mock. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.
1: You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm sorry, was so that, my cue? No, was
0: was that no, my cue? No, 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 no. Yes, hike was the cue. We go on a hike. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. Sun Devil fans, again, it is Wednesday on the podcast. For those of you that don't know, Rich and I have our roles each and every pod, and we switch off taking responsibilities. I am hosting this week, which means Richie does the clicks, and he forgot he was doing the clicks. But from here on out, we're going to have the rest of this podcast on lockdown, bringing you guys the best Sun Devils content. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads. Uh, with the Z36. You can also follow our Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO uh, underscore Sun Devils. And then wherever you get your podcast, uh, which could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, uh, or even YouTube, which we are currently on now as well, you guys can find us in multiple different platforms getting you, again, the best Sun Devils content uh, that we have uh, around. So with that, Richie, uh, let's go ahead and start, uh, but before that, again, thank you so much for making us your first lesson every day. We are free and available on all those platforms, as I had mentioned. Now, Oregon is coming to ASU. ASU needs a win. They just, they do, right? They, they've gone on uh, a recent cold streak playing some really good basketball teams. Uh, they did beat Oregon in Oregon before in overtime. Um, I I Virginia, I've got a very bad feeling against it, uh in going into this game. We'll kind of talk about that uh, why as in a little bit more detail coming up. But Oregon's a very quality basketball team, very quality in the Pac-12. Uh, either as of right now, I don't remember the standings off the top of my head. They're either third or fourth, uh, but they've beaten teams like USC. Uh, so very quality, quality team for ASU to get. I don't remember. Was that their first? Was that their first um, conference win of the season? So I think they had the it game was. against Washington State right before that. So they were 0-1. Then and and I think Oregon made them 1-1 at that
1: point, it if I remember indeed, correctly. It was indeed our first Pac-12 win of the season. It was our first win in Eugene in like 10 years or something like that.
0: Yeah, something crazy. I do remember them talking about that stat before. And, and again, it, it took ASU uh, kind of a, a win in overtime for them just to win by two. Going back to – I don't want to say it's a narrative per se, but ASU, when they win – they win close games, generally less than five. When they lose, those games don't seem need don't seem to nearly be as close. So, Richie, general thoughts going into this game, uh, kind of a breakdown of Oregon's team. Anybody
1: that we should be looking out for? Uh, Connor, I I want to be confident in this game because we beat them last time. But if we take a look, dude this this was not a pretty win. Oregon was shooting what uh, we said eighteen percent from deep. They shot 42 percent as a team but that's with their top scorer uh rick is it Rich richard richardson yeah will, will richardson. richardson yeah he went two of 14 on the night uh Harman and they lost by two 12. yeah exactly it, it's like that what we've talked about previously with asu losses where if like dj horn's hitting two more shots we win this game if richardson hits two more shots of his 14 they beat us so It's just one of those things where it's like we kind of caught lightning in a bottle and we were able to beat them in overtime. And it was a great feel-good win. But Oregon is a much better basketball team. You know, too, that they circled this game on their calendars because they were not expecting to lose at home to this Arizona State Sun Devils team that had just come out of the year flatter than day-old soda. And, Connor, you know as well as I do that rivalries don't necessarily need to be completely built off of in-state and hatred for each other. Just the fact alone that ASU and Oregon play in the same conference is enough. And just the fact that ASU being as lowly a team as they are embarrassed them in their own conference. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's pretty
0: PO'd. I think that's where you're, you're more right on the money. I, I, I don't think rivalry is quite the, the term I would use, but and, and I, I know exactly what you're trying to say as well, but considering how poorly that game went for Oregon um, for them to lose, I, I think they're going to want to be able to, to beat ASU and beat them by a healthy margin. Uh, so their top three scores: Will Richardson, Jacob Young, and Davian Harmon, uh, all average 11 points or more. Those three as a team average 37 points per game and change. The game where we beat them, uh, Will Richardson had eight points. Harmon had 11, which led the trio, and Young had seven. So altogether, you're talking about 26 points. That's 11 less points than their top three scorers normally score, and they lost by two. So, And and we can't take this away from the Sun Devils. They they earned this win, right? It was a, a great game for them at the time, coming off the, the Battle for Atlantis tournament, uh, an embarrassing game against Washington State. Um, So going to Eugene, which, uh, again, you kind of mentioned the historical significance of it, not winning there in such a long time was kind of the last thing people expected. So um, with that, can ASU repeat their success? We'll talk about some of the betting odds later on. And Vegas doesn't seem to think it's too crazy for them to win. I just looking at last game, they shot uh, last game against Oregon. I should say they shot just under 47% as a team, a mark. They don't tend to hit very often. Uh, They shot 38% as a team going eight for 21. Again, a mark that's, uh, about 10% higher than their season average as a team. And from that game, they only went 7 or 12 from the, the free throw line. So not not a ton of free throw attempts, uh, only getting about 58%. But um, when I, I look at some of those numbers there, it tells me that they have to be shooting well, right? They have to be shooting well. They cannot afford to be a very average team or even a, a well below average team, in the, even in the Pac-12 like they have been. Um, they have to be able to play solid defense. That's the only way they're going to be able to come out with a victory. Um We'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But I I think earlier we talked about, I don't remember if it was yesterday, we talked about Kamani Lawrence and – or not uh, Kamani, DJ Horn and uh, Marion Jackson. That was yesterday, correct. We're going to need both those players to be able to step up uh, and and essentially give it their all against Oregon. Or um, I I unfortunately see a a bad loss coming up against this Ducks team.
1: Well, and that's the one positive we can take out of this, Connor, is we look at the game and – Yes, Oregon had a lot of miscues that ultimately led to them losing the game in overtime. But ASU played a very sound game, shooting almost 50%, Connor. And this was one of DJ Horn's breakout performances where he shot 50% from the field, 23 points. He came out and just really put the Pac-12 on notice and basically said, hey, I'm, I'm one of the best guys in this conference. Like, you need to start paying attention to me and horn has really never looked back outside of this cold stretch that he's been on lately horn has been the most consistent and most dominant asu sun devil basketball player this year so he, he came out was terrific the rest of the team played solid kamani lawrence had 13 jay heath had 14 off the bench but again you collectively shot 47 or 48 percent. you need that kind of team effort once again the good news connor marion jackson is heating up because in this previous game he was a whopping o from five on the field zero points on the game that's going okay. to be a lot different and having marion in that in that equation does give you a little bit of hope for this game in the famous words of one jim carrey from dumb and dumber so you're saying there's a chance
0: There is a chance this would not be the the greatest upset in college basketball this season, let alone history. Uh, But
1: versus UCLA.
0: Yeah, seriously. uh, Nobody's cool beating up the number three team in the nation. So, um, but looking at these teams kind of just uh, very high level here, as far as offensively goes, Oregon is fourth in the Pac 12, shooting just, or not shooting, sorry, scoring just below 73 points per game. Uh, just behind essentially all the three big three schools, what I would say in the Pac-12. Arizona State, bottom dweller scoring team, uh, scoring just under 64 points per game, which is dead last. As far as points given up, Arizona State is ninth, giving up 70 points per game, and Oregon is seventh, giving up 66 points per game. So defense is not exactly, or does not seem to be the calling card of either of these teams as far as just total numbers go right? Um We get into three-point percentage. You guessed it, Richie, ASU is at the very bottom of the Pac-12, shooting just under 29%, uh, which I will throw in there. They're the only team shooting under 30% from deep as a, a team in the Pac-12. Uh, meanwhile, or- Oregon is second, shooting just under 35%, only behind Colorado. So the team's going to have their work cut out for them. Rebounding is not necessarily a strength of this Oregon team. Uh, They do, or essentially, as far as Uh, Rebounding on offense, they're 10th in the Pac-12. Meanwhile, on defense, they're 6th. Arizona State, however, is 8th on offense. uh, And then they are dead last on rebounding defense. So not necessarily uh, a very high rebounding or assist team in this case. So let's break this game down in a little bit more detail. Uh, We'll talk about some of the scoring odds uh, and a little bit more in the next part of the podcast. But first, let's talk about our friends uh, over at uh, Richie. Uh, my apologies there. I don't remember where the first outbreak is. Built Bar. Uh, Bar. Yeah, we're starting with Built Bar. Here
1: you go. <laughs> oh, man. It's that time of the year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, I'm sticking to my resolutions. And it feels like I'm not even really sticking to my resolutions because I enjoy them. And what am I referring to? I'm referring to Built Bar. Have you tried the Pops yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Pops are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Just like all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 2 to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away in how they're high in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, low in carb, 17 grams of protein, pretty much the, the, the great taste of a candy bar, but it's healthy for you. It's amazing. Tons of different flavors too. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And right now for this month, there's the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it happen. It will be delicious and just for you. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and check out what's available there. BuiltBar.com. It is Super Week
0: brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get the coverage of the big game other than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams uh, that were in L.A. this past weekend hear everything about the Super Bowl on all of these different podcasts. Now, Richie, let's get into the second part here, still moving on with basketball. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit more uh, specifically about some of the betting odds for this game. Now, uh, ASU currently opens up, and let me make sure I get this number right. I wanna say uh, Oregon at ASU are currently four and a half point favorites, over under a set at 135 and a half. I, I think that's a little bit more generous than I think Vegas was intending to be, in my opinion. But generally, Vegas knows what they're talking about much more often than not. So uh, just to put this number in perspective, um, I, I mentioned some of the the average numbers, right, going into uh, this game. So in terms of the scoring offense for Oregon at 72.2 and Arizona State at 63.91 is 136 and change. So just over uh, that over, in a sense. Uh, Now, if I want to go to scoring margin, um, where is that on here? Oregon is normally winning their games by 5.88. So just over that cover margin, ASU is currently losing most of their games by 6.13 points. So uh, based on some of the averages, maybe not so much the trends of like the last couple games, but overall uh, statistics on this season,
1: are you taking ASU or Oregon to cover in this game? (laughs) i feel like i feel like you just gotta go oregon man just unfortunately asu never plays the spread and admittedly they they've done a pretty decent job as of late with a few exceptions like the washington game but other than that i mean connor they played usc pretty tight a little while ago they obviously covered against ucla they played U of A twice or not twice. Uh, they covered forward. the
0: first they covered the first game yeah. for sure because they opened up at like 21 and a half point underdogs yep. and they lost by like 11 or 12.
1: Yep. So ASU's been a lot better about the spread lately. And I do like that they're at home and that ASU has put together their arguably the best performance of the season against Oregon, the way they were shooting from the field and how they just were all clicking together and just meshing they all came together Connor it was like I said arguably their best game short of like the UCLA game however like we already talked about Oregon is pissed coming into this game and they should be and with the way that they shot as well as they did with how poorly their stars were shooting and you know that's not going to happen twice the lightning doesn't strike the same place twice and just because it's struck in Eugene doesn't mean it's going to strike here in 10p so I love ASU. We we almost never cover the spread. I don't like the odds here.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to echo what you were saying before, how poorly Oregon shot as a team, or I shouldn't say as a team because they still shot like 42%, but really from deep, from right? Deep, and, their top, yes. and their top three players did not necessarily play up to their standard or at least um, kind of what they have averaged on the season. So uh, assuming that they play even a little bit better, not so much even excel, but just play up to what they normally do and get those like 37-ish points. Um, I gotta imagine Oregon's gonna be able to cover the spread. Four and a half does not seem very much for one of the better teams in the Pac 12 compared to one of the worst teams in the Pac 12. I, I understand it's at home. Uh generally that can seem to provide a little bit of an advantage. Uh I, I will say, um uh, uh Desert Financial does offer a, a pretty decent home crowd advantage in terms of uh the noise in there. Obviously, you have the curtain of distraction. It we really gotta feels get like the stats that. on that.
1: We gotta get the stats on the curtain of distraction. I know they're yeah. somewhere. I know there's somewhere.
0: It it does not seem like a, a bad place to play in terms of uh for the home team. That being said, I, I just, for them to win this game in overtime, ASU played it very well. Oregon overall, I, I mean, could have played better, but again, shot 42% as a team. That's really not terrible. So, um, but could have definitely shot better in other aspects. Both those things have to happen again. And that does not sound like a very smart bet. I'm going to be taking Oregon to cover uh, four and a half, winning by at least five. It sounds like you're doing exactly the same. Now let's go ahead and move move on to the over/under. As I had mentioned, both of these teams scoring uh, on offense are scoring just above that. Uh, if I didn't mention it before, the scoring defense, so the amount of points that each team is giving up. Arizona State is uh, scoring, uh, or sorry, giving up seventy points per game. Uh, Oregon is giving up sixty six. So that's again just right over there. Uh, They're right at about that 136. Uh, And I think if you include the decimals, I think that are actually just under 137. So and again, like the over under is set right at what these teams normally do. Vegas more often than not knows what they're talking about. I think with that in mind, they're averaging more points. They're giving up more points per game. Uh, I have not looked at any of the numbers specifically for ASU at home versus Oregon away. And that would probably be the determining factor for me. But as of right
1: now, I would be taking the over in this game. I agree. And if for no other reason than Oregon, I I think they're going to put up a lot of points, Connor. I really do. And hopefully ASU will be able to do the same thing with the way that Marion Jackson has been shooting. You hope that Kamani Lawrence is able to reassert himself because he's been quiet. He's still been good. He's just been quiet. And then obviously we're hoping that DJ horn gets out of his cold streak. If you find a way to get those three on the same page, First of all, I like our chances to cover. Second, that over is going to hit. Very confidently that over is going to hit. Because if for no other reason, like I said, Oregon is going to put up points. To me, there's absolutely no doubt of that in my mind. Not a shadow of a doubt. They're going to do it. Put it in stone. But I do think that ASU could possibly put up a lot of points too. Regardless, I'm taking the you over. You guys the worst scoring team in the Pac-12? I do. Like I said, man, they put together their best performance. They didn't have Marion Jackson playing as well as he is right now. So DJ Horn just needs to get out of his funk. Uh, Kamani just needs to play like the third best player on the team, which he has been, and that's great. Marion continues what he's doing. I We hit the over on what we're averaging. That I feel very confident, in. very confident.
0: All right, uh, I feel like that is the death wish of anybody saying they're making a bet very confidently, and then it turns out didn't even get close to happening. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, Don't play so me. Not, you're sorry. Uh, tomorrow, uh, or again, Oregon at uh, Arizona State. Uh, so we'll see that game tip off. I, I want to say it's at eight uh, o'clock Mountain uh, Mountain Standard Time, I believe. So definitely a, a, a Pac-12 after dark kind of game, nonetheless. So. Let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit. We'll go ahead and talk a little bit more about some football, specifically about the upcoming draft at the end of April. But before we do that, we're going to have to talk to you guys about our friends uh, over at BetOnline. So football might be over for the season, but guys, basketball is still in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Rounding out the last part of the podcast here for you guys today, we are going to be talking specifically about NFL Network's Chad Ruder. Uh, he's a very well-known draft analyst, has recently put out a three-round mock draft, and there are two different Sun doubles that make that list. Now, two, when, when I, I go through this mock, first of all, the Arizona Cardinals took two Pac-12 players, both from Washington. Um, apparently, we have some Pac-12 love, which has not been a surprise, especially with uh, some of the other players in their secondary, specifically from Washington. Uh, Not a huge surprise there. But there are no ASU players in the first round. Are you surprised?
1: No, not at all. As as much as I would love to see a Rashad White sneak into round one, the positional value is not there. Look at the rest of the guys. We do have a couple offensive linemen. We got a couple defensive backs. They're not first round talents. Just plain and simple. Like as much as I would love one of our guys to sneak into round one, it's not going to happen. If it does happen, I'll eat my hat. Like, I, I I don't have it in here right now. It's in my bedroom. It's my ASU hat. I'll eat it. I'll deep fry it and I'll eat it if an ASU player goes in the first round.
0: We all would want to see that maybe for sure, potentially on the podcast.
1: Now, no ASU players are going in the second round. Are you surprised? Yes. That's where I would be surprised is because we have a good amount of tech. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised because of the way the draft shakes out. We'll put it that way. What I will say is, I see, I could see a couple of sun doubles go in the second round. And that's when one of the offensive linemen sneaks in there. I feel like that's Rashad White's ceiling, is the second round. I think the sweet spot for these guys would be in the third round. But I could see a sun double going in the second round, depending on positional value.
0: What if I told you? So in the third round, one of them is drafted in the third round. The other one is a comp pick. Potentially okay. Rashad White. Potentially, yeah. Potentially Rashad White going in the, in the second round. He ends up being the comp pick in this case. Uh, so, but before we do that, we'll talk about the first pick taken. So, Miami Dolphins take Donovan West, center from Arizona State. Uh, the third round pick number 81. So, um, what's that? Kind of like the middle-ish of the third round. And and not a huge surprise here. We've talked about some other uh, draft analyst uh, looking more at Donovan West. so very highly thought of, not necessarily hard to see uh, West going to a team like the Miami Dolphins who have a very young offensive line and and a couple of replaceable players along that line. a bad well. one.
1: just just call it a bad one. They have a bad offensive line.
0: I think they have some some upside. but was their center did yeah. they still have uh did they have uh, the guy from Baltimore this last season or did they let him go? Natura? Yeah.
1: Mr. Mr. I'm going to send the ball into orbit. No, he's gone. He didn't even make the roster. He was so bad.
0: I remember they signed him. I just couldn't remember if he stuck. So, West fills in a, a position of need for the Dolphins. And again, seems to be some pretty good value here. Uh, as far as uh, the other Pacto player, we kind of hinted at it uh, comp pick, pick 103. Uh, the New York Giants, which is where that gets interesting, takes running back Rashad White out of Arizona State.
1: Friend of they the podcast, have, Rashad White.
0: A friend of the podcast, Rashad White. Now, they already have Saquon Barkley, and I understand he's had his health issues. Uh, is it interesting, maybe odd, or a good thing for them to take Rashad White? What are your initial thoughts on that pick there?
1: Connor, as I, as our friends know, as our Twitter followers know, but maybe not the Arizona State Sun Devil fans know, running backs don't matter, especially in the pros. Don't Well, pay don't pay them. They How matter, kind of,
0: they kind of. kind of matter.
1: Exactly. When you get a good one, even then, you need to be elite. And I'm still teetering. Now, in the case of Saquon Barkley, all world talent. And that's that's not even giving him justice. But he has not been the same since he tore his knee up. Just plain and simple. He's going into his fifth year. He's got that fifth year option, which is not cheap. After that, he's an unrestricted free agent. This is where it gets to be an interesting conversation is because they could potentially just let him walk and not pay a running back for a team that is trying to get younger, trying to get better, but not necessarily looking to pay a running back. Right? So insert Rashad white, a dude with some good upside and a dude who has that pass catching ability that Saquon Barkley also brought to the table earlier in his career. So, what white does is he gives you that insurance policy and what what would be interesting to me is if the giants do take a running back that high what do you do with barkley do you run him into the ground and let him go and then uh let a rashad white take over or do you split the carries see what you have in rashad white and if he's not good re-sign saquon barkley
0: are you asking the fantasy football
1: fan in me? Or are you asking the actual like NFL mind in me? This would be more rhetorical. This is something we can get into a conversation off mic. Right because one
0: 100% they should split those carries, right? Like I, I do love Rashad White. I think his ceiling is tremendous in the NFL. Um, where his floor is, who's to, um, who's to say? But that being said, Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal talent. Um, deserve, I, I shouldn't say deserved um we just we don't see running backs go that high in the draft anymore um I, I shouldn't say anyway it's, it's been really a couple of years since what was he the was he the second pick
1: third second, pick? second second overall pick right behind uh Baker Mayfield if I if I remember correctly yep you redo that uh, draft and it's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson in any order yeah so uh with that being said
0: we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes but Rashad White taken at the end of the third round as a comp pick. Richie, I'm going to put you on the spot here uh, before we hop off the podcast for today. Hit me. Don't. Is he going to get drafted within the first two days of the NFL draft? Yes Rashad no? White? Yep. Do, do, do. No, it's a yes or no question. That, that's it. I don't need other words. I just need yes or no can i
1: can i phone you know, a friend? you're saying you're saying more words than yes or no i would like to use my 50 50 option
0: this is a 50 50 option that's correct crap
1: uh, the safe answer is no connor the fan in me says yes but the only reason i would say no the only reason is the position connor Yep. yep that's the Agreed. only reason and it's such a weird running back class where you have a rashad white and a Isaiah Spiller, a Kyron Williams, a Brees Hall, Brees Hall. Kenneth Walker, Samir White, James Cook, Brian Robinson, uh, Tyler Batty. Like there, there are so many names. Hassan Haskins. And it, it's just like, pick your, not even pick your poison. That's not the right term. Like who do you fancy? Like yeah, may, maybe, maybe Rashad White's number one on my board, or maybe Rashad White's number nine on my board. It's, it's such a weird class where there's no definitive number one guy that for one team, Rashad White could be running back one, right? Because he's sure. he's got all the tools to be a starting running back. But for another team, they could look and say, eh, I, we just we we don't see the upside that we see with like a Kenneth Walker or a Brees Hall. Or maybe we're looking for a higher floor, like a Kyron Williams or an Isaiah Spiller. Or maybe we're just looking for a different kind of back. Maybe we're looking for a sure. power back instead instead of this kind of one cut style receiving back. Like there's there's all sorts of different factors that go into this. So I will tell you, I will tell you as a fan, yes, he goes day two. As a realist, no, but he goes early on day three. I I will put it in stone, he will be a fourth round pick. At worst. Okay. At worst. If he goes earlier, right. then I'm not wrong. But at I, worst, the first round pick.
0: I hear what you're saying. I, I think I would agree with you. I don't think he is ends up being a, a, a first or second day kind of a pick. So the first three rounds. lot's going to change between now, the combine, pro days, things like that. So who knows? Maybe, maybe we can change our tune. I will say, like, even though he put this in stone, I'm not saying he's going to because he was a phenomenal interview with us. But let's <laughs> say that the consensus around the NFL is, is uh, his interviews aren't necessarily going well? Maybe we don't think he's going to be a fourth round pick. Maybe the opposite happens, and everyone just loves Rashad White. Uh, I, I think we can at least uh, have some time to be able to lock that in. So, uh, but I'll go ahead and do it for us on today's episode of the podcast. If you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Cedrias. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z thirty six. Make sure to follow our Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page at lo at lo underscore Sun Devils as well. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday for you guys. Uh, So that's going to be on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app, as well as YouTube, uh, wherever you guys get your podcasts and stream your content. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Now make sure to make your second listen of the day, Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You keep it locked on right here at the Locked On Cinnables Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.